Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. This is Song vs. Song. You gotta hear this podcast, it'll change your life, I swear. Uh (laughs) Because this week, we will be debating the Shins' new slang... The Shins? The Shins' new slang versus I Will Follow You Into the Dark by Death Cab for Cutie. Which do you prefer, Dan? Oh, wait, wait a minute. Yo, you, we, you we, got two, we got two Dans. Who am I talking to? La- ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Dan Olson of Folding Ideas fame. Say hi. Hello. Welcome. Uh, well, I, I guess saying... I shouldn't say welcome. You should welcome me. You just welcomed yeah. me. Yeah. What am I doing? Well, well, welcome to the show. And um, I picked this one specifically for you because you're you're a, a big Death Cab fan. I am. And I'm a big Shins fan, so we're... Uh, we're <laughs> going to square off here. No, uh, that's very funny to Danny because he's apparently heard me complain about the shins a lot. I didn't realize that that I was famous for not liking the shins. I think you are. I don't think I've I don't think this is one of those things where I know you know you. And so I know this. No, I think it's anyone who's watched any videos of yours ever knows this. Quite a few people have remembered me saying that I do not like new slang. So, Danny, I'm hoping that you like new slang, so that it's not like a one-sided, uh, one-sided uh, beatdown in the in the I, the debate here. I do like new slang. I actually kind of focused on that while I was doing my research a little. And uh, you know, I know Dan O is a a big Death Cab fan, but I don't know that you dislike new slang. I don't dislike it. Yeah, no, nah, I don't dislike it at all. I mean, I so I re-listened to it for this and. Looking at it through the lens of like, okay, like how do I really feel about this song was it's a song I like when I'm like when it's on and then I forget about it. Danny Roth, I know this is your kind of your era of indie rock. Were you were you into this back or even before Garden State? Possibly. Who knows? Were you into this? Here's what happened. So, yes, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I should just answer up front rather than doing the long ramble. Because if I say yes at the beginning, maybe that'll shorten it. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't know at the time, and I realized recently, is that even though I had never seen the OC, the OC was telling me what music to listen to, apparently. <laughs> because a lot of bands, um, including Death Cab, and actually I don't know if the Shins ever shows up there, but a ton of bands that are all sort of in that same family, that same style. Um, not that I would say that these two bands are exactly identical by any stretch, but like if you listened to one, you probably listened to the other. Although, are you allowed to listen to Death Cab and the Decemberists, or do you have to only like either Bruce Wayne or a Batman? How does it work? We did get a couple third-party votes for uh, Decemberists. And I mean, have you have you ever seen Death Cab and Decemberists in the same room at the same time? And if you have, are you sure it wasn't Dick Grayson in a Bruce Wayne mask and stilts? <laughs> this is not my genre, so you guys are going to have to carry this one. But, like, I'll be honest, I do like Death Cab. Not, like, super into, but, like, if they come on, I'll listen to it. And I just never found a way into the Decemberists. I put them with the shins, I guess. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it remotely. They're very similar to me, uh, and certainly at least because um, they have a producer in common, at least some of the time. You know, it's a funny thing. When I first started hearing about Death Cab, I thought they were an emo band. Well, the name is suggestive, isn't it? 
Yeah, and it sounds it sounds like they would sound like 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 um, dashboard confessional or something. Yeah, that's the that's what I uh, associated them with um, dashboard confessional, and I I, th- I remember I remember bright eyes also being called emo. And I, you know, if you look on Wikipedia, all these bands, they, you know, they do have the word emo next to their, uh, you know, it's like, what genre? It's like way at the end. But like, this seems insane to me now because I listened to Death Cab and I was like, this is not remotely emo. And no one ever called the shins emo. Oh, man. I mean, I've gotten into this on I've gotten into Rose on Twitter over this. Apparently <laughs> the the exact boundaries of the kingdom of emo is is fiercely guarded by, you know, armed vigilantes. Because like, yeah, like I got into Death Cab around the same time, photo album, transatlanticism, and I was listening to a lot of uh, Dashboard Confessional at the same time, a little bit of Yellow Card, some Bright Eyes. This is a wide spectrum of a, of a genre if this is all emo. I mean, and that that was just kind of how like I, I too, was that it was kind of a, a wide, uh, wide spectrum genre, you know, that it was kind of this, like there there's a... Uh, I don't even want to say a common tonality, but definitely a common like um, subject matter philosophy there that was I I felt at the time was kind of the accepted like classification factor. But then, you know, I was with it and then what's it changed and uh, <laughs> now what's now, it is scared of you now? Yeah. So like I, I guess like. That if you were calling all of these emo in 2003, 2004, like that wasn't weird. But if you if you stick to the uh, stick to the classifications you remember from when you were 22, uh, <laughs> kids nowadays will yell at you on Twitter and make fun of you for getting it. It's wrong. never happened to me on this podcast. I've I, never I, called a thing new metal and then gotten spurned for it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's funny. I I remember calling Fallout Boy emo on Twitter and I got like a lot of pushback on that, which makes absolutely no sense to me at all. But Death I just Cab- never thought I never thought of Death Cab. I mean, I guess a little, but they are closer in tones. Like the Shins, definitely not. The Shins is when I think of them, I think of like Rogue Wave and Beulah and like Bell and Sebastian. Like even though they're an American band, they've got that jingle jangle like uh, late '90s, early 2000s like. Mersey beat the sequel kind of sound going on. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, they're they're both. Uh, I don't even know what someone in the the comments called them soft indie boy music, and that's that sounds right to me. I mean, but, it, it is a lot more uh, applicable and specific than emo. Well, uh, let me say this: the Death Cab song we picked is definitely the their most emo. I guess. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> Are you sure? Because while I was listening to this, I also remembered the other song that I always thought of about from this band and this album in particular, which is what Sarah said. I don't know. Um, I don't know that one. What Sarah said is about being in a, um, like waiting in the waiting area of an emergency room or like in a hospital in general. And you're like waiting to get the bad news. And the thesis is love is watching someone die. And the whole like last two minutes is just um, singing. Who's going to watch you die? That I think. I I don't know. Is it all right? Dan Olson, is that more emo than the song we're actually discussing? I mean, I clearly don't know what emo is. So, <laughs> uh, like we've we've well we've well established that uh, that I don't know what actually qualifies as emo. So I'm just going to say yes. I mean, it's a deep cut. Like you know, it's a it's it's an album track. 
but also kind of a fan favorite for being, you know, like it's this this six minute dirge. If John Green's books were a song, <laughs> <laughs> um, at least some of them. But yeah, like I, I often associate it. I'm like, I'm like, did John Green like listen to that? Also, like somebody I mentioned that on Twitter and someone said. Uh, uh, so apparently, like Sarah is a real person at, that um, had this conversation that created the song. And so I brought it up and then somebody on Twitter said, did you know that John Green's wife's name is Sarah? And I was uh, like, the plot thickens. <laughs> Finding out all the deep secrets here. The, it all connects. Okay, well, when I said, like, I will follow you into the dark is their most emo, it's not, like, sonically, obviously. It's just, like, this sounds like this would, like, destroy me if I were 17. It's like, this would, like, speak deep down to my soul. Versus... yeah, the, And uh, the Shins... New slang. I can't imagine having any feelings about that whatsoever. I have no idea what it's about. It's just to me, it's just like eating chalk. Listening to that I, song. I listen to them a lot. And let me tell you something. I t- I was today years old when I looked up the lyrics and I was like, <laughs> oh, I never like to me. The shins are not really about. I don't like I'm sh- like I looked at the lyrics. I was like, yep, they seem exactly as pretentious as I guessed. But like, I don't care. Like I'm listening to it for the sound. Like, I like the soundscape of it. I like the jingle jangle. Like, that's that's it. That's why I'm there for the shins. I'm not there for them to, to tell me a deep thing that's going to make me go in my feelings. For me, these are both 2005 songs because uh, Death Cab, the, the Death Cab song dropped in 2005 and New Slang dropped in 2001, but I first heard it in 2005 because of Garden State. Here we go. <laughs> you know, I'm curious because you as you have frequently said, are from the Garden State. Am I? What? <laughs> Do you have any... Huh. What was... What was? You are both an indie rock guy and you are from the Garden State. What was it like? You know, did you have strong feelings about Garden State back in uh, 04, 05? No. No? <laughs> did you see... Did no. You, have you ever even seen see it? it? If, yes. Okay. No, I saw, I, saw it, I saw it when it came out. And uh, and I watched it for this podcast again as the two times I've ever watched it. I remember people like really ragging on it and being like, I guess. Sure. Like the big thing I remember was the the Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing about Natalie Portman's character, Sam. Yeah, that I remember. That's like the big thing I remember. But here's what I'll say. It's not like if you're going to make a movie called Garden State, it should feel like New Jersey. And as a as a resident uh, or at least it was a resident of, of uh, the state of New Jersey. Take a drink. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, there's a couple moments where I'm like, yep, that's right. Um, but they're really few and far between. I would say the one that really sticks out is that when he comes back to town, the Zach Braff's character, because his mother has died, mm-hmm. um, he encounters a bunch of people that he, like, went to school with, people that he used to grow up with and stuff like that, And uh, in case you didn't know the plot of Garden State. Mm-hmm. And one of his friends, or former friends, um, pulls him over and is a cop. And let me tell you what I know about the state of New Jersey, and it may not be unique to our state, but every single person in New Jersey has a friend that grew up to be an asshole cop. <laughs> every single one. Yeah, I tried rewatching uh, Garden State last night, and it's like, yes, that sounds right. And that guy was a real asshole. That guy was not like a mo- like a f- officer friendly or anything. That guy was a dick. No, he was he was a complete piece of shit. That was correct. Absolutely, one hundred percent right. That was that was well executed. I was like, "Yep, that feels like home." 
Um, but yeah, the rest, like, and also like knowing a, a guy who like has a lot of money. Um, usually that, that guy has a lot of money cause he already had a lot of money <laughs> and they never specifically state that Zach Braff's friend who created silent Velcro mm-hmm. was not always rich. I suspect he was, if he's from New Jersey, the, did he really make all that money off of that? Or did he, oh, like he came up with that cause he had like a, like $3 million to start a business. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's that guy, but that's it. I don't. You went on Twitter and said that you are you are like really like middle of the road on the movie, and I think that's right. I had my own manic pixie dream girl who really loved that movie and made all our friends watch it. And the verdict from almost everyone else was that was garbage. That was absolute garbage. I don't know, like much like the shins themselves, I think the Garden State kind of really suffered from overhype because um, it's it's interesting that you say that. Um, you know who pointed that out, and I don't usually go to them. Um, especially in early 2000s era, even though I trusted them so much at the time, um, is Pitchfork. Pitchfork's review of O Inverted World, the the record that that song is on, um, Mm -hmm. was basically like this thing. I got told that this was like going to be the the album of the summer. And like, it's pretty good. It's certainly an album you'd listen to in the summer and feel good, but it's not like, the, one of the best records or the best record of the year by any stretch. And people were kind of immediately talking about it like it was. And that's just like with Garden State. To me, New Slang and that entire record, Oh Inverted World, suffers from, yeah, like, oh, everybody had that friend that was like, you got to listen to it. This is going to change your life. No, not at all. It's fine. They're fine. I mean, I think that's what makes this like comparison between the two really sort of fascinating at the end of it. And like when when I was uh, asked to do this, like this, this was like the, my first go to thought is that new slang is fine. It's it's good. It like it probably definitely suffered from overhype. All of this, all of this, all of that. Um, I'll follow you into the dark. Is that hype worthy? Like it, it is a song that will, if it, if it hits you at the right moment in your life, it will destroy you. Uh, and, and just becomes like one of those songs that like lingers with you for ever and ever and ever. I mean, and for, for me, like it, it was a song that kind of landed at, well, I guess I shouldn't say it landed at the time. Like, you know, I, I really liked planes, but then it was like after, or I really liked plans, but then after I thought that was my, your Canadian accent for a second. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, that's just me stumbling over uh, over words because it's very cold in my basement, but I can't turn my heater on because we're on microphone that like when my grandparents started passing away, you you put you, you I, I just I, I pulled out some old music and I was listening to it and uh, I'll follow you into the dark came along in just like the playlist and went from being this, you know, a song that I had just kind of always love like I mean it's a great song to just you know next level you know I list I re-listened to it earlier today just uh, uh you know a couple hours ago and it was like just r- ruining level of emotional intensity I mean there's definitely a legacy comparison there where it's like where I I think one of these two does live up to the hype you know it's funny because I was kind of expecting more of a a, a pushback on it because like I will follow you into the dark. From what I understand, is a, a song people like from a really good band. But I, I would, I never heard anyone tell me 
Death Cab would change my life, the way Natalie Portman told me the shins would change my life. But you are definitely more likely to find people nowadays who said, yes, this song changed my life about many Death Cab songs, much more than you will the shins. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I feel like I Will Follow You Into the Dark is a lot more accessible because you know what it's about right off the, you know, just straight it's up. very clear. To it. Also, I just prefer the, like, I Will Follow You Into the Dark has me by the first two seconds. And new slang loses me in the first two seconds. Like, just something about the the new slang thing just feels very sterile to me. Fit, like, no fun kind of way. And just there's something more... Just the, the simple guitar on the I Will Follow You in the Dark feels... I, I want to say, like, more authentic? Or is it just less produced? I, I feel silly saying that. Like, may, like, yeah. I mean, to me, new slang, like, it's an atmosphere... It's a, it's, it's a kind of like emotional, uh, emotional state. It makes a great soundtrack, uh, makes a great soundtrack song. It really helps set like a scene, a mood, a tone, but it's not really about anything. It's not a story and Um, where I will follow you into the dark. Like it's a, it's a story. It's a very clear story and it's a like devastating one. Yeah, I don't want to be. I don't want to be moved. I'm 40. I'm all done. <laughs> so, and, and 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 let me also say in counterpoint, I'll follow you into the dark. Neither jingles nor jangles. And so, fuck it. Also, I because there's never going to be a good point to mention this. Uh, it it reps my hometown. It's one of like two songs in the world that name drops Calgary, Alberta. So. Oh, that's right. You're a you're a Calgary uh, native. You you got the 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 Flames shirts and everything. Yeah, I I don't think you're into hockey. I I don't know you. <laughs> I am a very all, fair I, weather hockey fan. <laughs> if we're winning, I'm on board. <laughs> what's it? What's the other Calgary song? Uh, now, we, now we need someone from Bangkok in here to to even it out. Bangkok. <laughs> uh, I think Bangkok gets name dropped a little a little more often. No, there's like uh, there's uh, um I, some local bands I know. Um, oh dang it! How now that now I'm on the spot and I'm forgetting names. <laughs> the dudes. Um, the, Don't know the, them. the first one. Yeah. Yeah. They're a, they're a local, local act that, you know, gets, gets local radio play, but I don't think has, uh, ever made airtime outside of this province. You know, I'm, I'm kind of surprised the shins aren't Canadian cause they do sound a little Canadian to me. Yeah. I don't know the, to me, they sound very Mersey beat. Like that's what I, I was surprised that they weren't British cause I thought it sounded to me, it sounded like they were really aping off of Bell and Sebastian and that. Stuff and like maybe like a little bit of Sarah Records, like any bands off of that label. Who's on the three who's of you that even know what the fuck Sarah Records is? No, um, I have no I have idea. To go back and like field, field mice. Uh, Jesus, there's a, it's a long list, and it's it's just a long list of things you, you've probably never heard of. You said Sarah Records. What Sarah? Like so like like what Sarah said? Yeah. Okay. Well, a lot of Sarahs in this, and we had a Sarah on here last week. So there you go. I mean, I do like that name. I don't know. Like you said. New Slang is a soundtrack song, and that's what it, it sounds like background music to me for, um, I saw a lot of indie movies at the IFC when I was living in New York, and I don't know, every trailer seemed to be playing it. I don't know if I ever actually heard New Slang in a trailer, but when I hear that song, I I immediately see like the grainy footage of some boring indie movie I'm not going to go see for the trailer, much like, um... Home by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. That was also a pretty popular one for trailers. Alabama, Arkansas. 
I should love my mom and pa. Yeah, I only I only want to see movies that use ELO's Mr. Blue Sky in the trailer. That's it. <laughs> you know, it's funny that Garden State will ever forever um own new slang now. And we we have ta- talked shit about Zach Braff's taste in music in previous episodes. I guess so, but like I like some of the stuff that he likes. You know, I watched Scrubs and you know, they had Colin Hay show up and I fucking love Colin Hay. Yeah, Colin Hay's on the Garden State soundtrack too, right? He is. Uh, I, I don't think I'll ever get over you. Great song. You know, it's funny that um, the Shins' place in pop culture is Natalie Portman talking it up. Outside of their music, Death Cab's place in uh, in pop culture is the girl from the OC talking them down. I, again, I have never seen the OC, but I am aware that um, most of the bands that I listened to in the 2000s made an, made an appearance on the soundtrack. Yeah, apparently Death Cab was on there. Like one character really likes Death Cab and uh, didn't seem to be able to sell anyone else on on his music. Uh, the the girl from o- the girl in that show called is like it's just one guitar and a lot of complaining. So you've you've really you related to that girl? No, I like I like because that's Cab. your whole thing. When you hear people, when you hear a, a guy with a with an acoustic guitar, that's like your whole thing. I will follow you in the dark. Is like one of the guitar songs I really like. No one I knew who annoyed me with an acoustic guitar knew that one. So that that may like if they had, maybe I'd be a little more sympathetic to one guy with an acoustic guitar. Like those chords, they're beautiful. Who doesn't love I Will Follow You Into the Dark? A lot of people, according to the comments. Yeah, I saw somebody say something, which I guess maybe we'll get to later, uh, about like its themes and what it what it may or may not be about. Um Yeah, I don't know. I uh, like you, it's you, fine. You talked about being forty, and there is something a little adolescent about "I will follow you into the dark." It is, and the thing about Death Cab uh, is that I was never—they were not on my top list. And I, you know, when they came out, I was—I was, I was probably like twenty-four, twenty-five when that record came out. Like I know that that's a—that's a later record. I had friends who were really into them before um, Plans came out, and they got big. That was like the big record for them. That was like their fourth record or fifth record or something. I just I was listening to the stuff from the from the OC that wasn't that, and really thinking that I'd had something when when I was listening to Sufjan Stevens, I thought I was listening to something that nobody had heard before. <laughs> had no idea that like he was on the OC. In my in it in my defense, I was listening to like weird time signature stuff of his, um, which was not on the OC because I'm real cool. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like Death Cab, just to me, always felt kind of young. Yeah, and the like, Shins, I couldn't understand their lyrics at all, so it didn't matter. I don't know. Garden State also seems like an adolescent thing in hindsight, but like at the time, and listening to new slang now, I think like this is a, a you know a song for adults compared to Death Cab, who showed up in like teen dramas for the OC and for uh, you know Twilight. Like Death Cab is a tw- a, a band for Twilight fans, weirdly enough, because they, they they I I'm pretty sure they showed up on the Twilight soundtrack. Am I right about this? I mean, a lot of a lot of indie stuff showed up on the Twilight soundtrack, like the like the top tier of indie bands would show up on the Twilight soundtrack. I yeah, mean, I, got, I remember watching the movie, and you know, like the the extra was Fifteen Step, Radiohead. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> it, it really caught me on. Okay, so let's see. We've got uh, Supermassive Black Hole, Decode, Full Moon, Leave Out the Rest. So. Uh, Views, Paramore, yeah, so, Black Ghost, Lincoln Park, Mute Math, Perry Farrell, Collective Soul, Paramore, Blue Foundation. Okay, Death Robert. Cab is on the second movie. Okay. Death Cab is in the second movie. Like, Twilight was always, like, swinging a little, uh, you know, 
above its weight class with its music, but like that's they kind of brought their the their soundtracks bands down a little. Like they always kind of like suffered in association. I don't know. I mean, I Gar- Garden State's kind of punching above its weight class too, isn't it? And also, by the way, this is nothing to do with songs at all, but. Garden State starts on Zach Braff imagining that he's in a plane crash, and then at the end of the movie, he gets on a plane, and the plane doesn't crash. Where's the fucking symmetry, man? I'm going to end up defending Garden State, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the that's that's the point. Like the 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 terror was irrational. I don't know. No, no, Dan Olson. <laughs> here's how it's got to be. He gets off the plane to be with her. The plane crashes, and then you find out that Garden State is part of the shared universe of Final Destination. Right, right. That sounds a little more like Donnie Darko to me. Once like, again, you're, inc- you're incorrect. <laughs> I know people, people love when I say that people are wrong about things. Um, no, it's it's a Final Destination movie in disguise. I don't care about this meaning nonsense. No, sir. <laughs> Death is going to try and get somebody by having them slip on the bathroom floor. You know, now that I think about it, yeah, no. That's what happened to Zach. That's what happened to Zach Braff's mother. She she slipped in the and fell in the bathroom. Oh yeah, you that's didn't right. know. Where's the where's where's the Candyman to show up and be like, death has a plan. Garden State Two is definitely going to have a, uh, a a nail gun uh, nail gun death. <laughs> Instantly, a better film. Isn't there a Garden State Two? No, oh. I mean there's a new there's a Zach Braff movie that's like, supposed to be, I guess, in a similar style, but I don't think it's a sequel. Is it? It's it's a spiritual sequel, I guess. I don't know. No one ever told me that I had to watch it or that it would change my life. Like I just I really think that it makes sense if you know, if the Texas Chainsaw Massacre can have the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two done by the same director and have it be like a parody of its own self, then I see no reason why Zach Braff couldn't have done a sequel to Garden State. I don't that know, was like a completely what is, ridiculous parody. Would it also have the shins on it? I don't know. Yeah, like, something, something, something off of Shoots Too Narrow, which is a better know. record in my opinion. I I forced my way through the, the Shins discography. and uh, a well, couple- I forgot that they continued to be a band after the <laughs> second record. I was like, oh, they kept making stuff? Okay, sure. I listened to the first two albums and then fell off and completely forgot they existed. You know, I've always been a Shins hater, but I was like, it's like you, you made that opinion in 2005. Let's listen to it with like adult ears and you don't have to be uh tied to you know decisions you made 15 years ago so i listened to it and i was like you know i can kind of see where like why someone would enjoy the some of the better singles like phantom limb and turn a square phantom limbs i think i think off the third album so you don't even know what i'm talking about nope there's only they only (laughs) made two records todd only two i don't know the third one i kind of liked but new slangs just still does nothing for me. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I like I said, I really, I preferred the second record. Um, I, I, and also like if you're looking at O Inverted World, like I think that the first track "Hearing Is Creepy," which is also in Garden State. Yes, I, I like that one better. I really, I really like "Know Your Onion." Know um, your onion because that one's fun. Know your onion. That's also off of O Inverted World. Like these are all tracks that I think just kind of are a little brighter and a little bit more fun. And, you know, the thing about um, new slang is that it just doesn't really go anywhere. I don't know. Apparently, like, there's, like, a whole story in the lyrics that I've never even noticed. 
something about. But I mean, it's like it's a little sonically aimless. Like I like the the sound that it has, but it doesn't really mix it up. It doesn't really doesn't take me on a sonic journey. It didn't change my life. Well, I mean, it did change my life in that I basically just completely gave up on indie rock after watching Garden State. And I, that's why I talk about Gwen Stefani songs now. <laughs> that's the thing that did it. It did. It changed my life. So there you go. <laughs> that's amazing. I don't know, man. I didn't. All I could think upon my rewatch of Garden State was it's crazy to have Natalie Portman joke about Zach Braff being Jewish. Is Zach Braff like, Jewish? What? I I don't actually I, I I think he is, but it's crazy because she's you know she's got a Christmas tree in her house and like I get it she's an actor, but like she's extremely Jewish. It was just funny. I was uh, like, yeah. Is- oh yeah, that's right. She does have a Christmas tree in her house. I was and- like, this is funny, and she and she makes a joke about him being Jewish, and she's like, wow, you're so Jew- you're like the most Jewish guy. And yeah. I was like, I don't Natalie Portman. You're okay. All right, you're an yep. actor. You're it's it's fine. It's fine. I, I didn't even it didn't even click to me because I just assumed she was Jewish and the Christmas tree just washed over me. He's just like she's Natalie Portman. She's Jewish and everything, even if she's I mean, not. I have a, there's a there's a Christmas tree in my house right now. Uh, but, yeah. uh, you know, do you that also being said, do you also yeah. tap dance and lie compulsively? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Sounds like something a compulsive liar would say. Uh, listen, I do. I do a little soft shoe. <laughs> Um, all right. So, <laughs> I mean, I just want to return to the, the notion of like Death Cab being like juvenile because like, I mean, OK, so I mean, I'm not going to say that like transatlanticism and photo album aren't I mean, they are like they are quintessentially teenage. And part of the part of the reason why I keep listening to them is because I have, I don't know, some kind of uh, uh, typical obsession with return with, you know, youth and returning to, you know, recapturing the, uh, the, the glory days of when I was younger and still had hair. Um, <laughs> but like it, it has, you know, the, the, um, emotional intensity has continued through their body of work and just with the subject matter changing as appropriate. So like, I actually, I like Kintsugi. I think it's a, it's a good album and, you know, Black Sun is that same level of intensity, just about divorce instead of a high school breakup. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get it. I do think that it's just, it's the timeline that it hit me in. Like, if a thing is some, if an artist is an artist that I liked when I was younger, it becomes like an excuse in my mind where I'm like, this is fine uh, and I'll allow it. You know, like, uh, what's the, what was the, the second album that Alanis Morissette put out? What was the second one? You remember Supposed that former infatuation yeah. junkie, although that is technically her fourth album. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. You know what I, but you knew yes. what I meant. Real you Alanis, not fake Alanis. Knew. Yes. Um, so that album, I have like really intense, like if I listen to, um, thank you. If I listen to that, I would be good. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be in a fucking puddle, but that came out in 1998. I was 18 years old. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so anything that Alanis will ever do, if it, if it hits that space, I will become a teenager again instantly. Death Cab, I was not a teenager when that album came out. So I don't care. It doesn't really mean that it's bad. Like saying something is for the youngs is really kind of about a time and a place, right? Like does it, it doesn't have the power to take you to a place in which you felt everything so fucking hard, even though as an adult you realize it's kind of insignificant or you, you deal with, you cope with it in a different way, right? Like uh, I will follow you into the dark is about coping with death. I cope with death 
in a very different way at 40 than I did when I was 24 and certainly when I was a teenager. You know, it's, it's funny, you know, a death cab is not does not actually sound juvenile to me. Like I, I hear and I think this will speak to teenagers in the same way that, you know, like the Smiths or the Cure will. But I don't really consider it juvenile. But at the same time, I also only got into death cab in like the last 10 years, you know, not when I was a teenager. And so like that, it feels like Jimmy Eat World already took that space for me. There was no room for Death Cab by the time I finally got to Death Cab. Wow, really? Jimmy Eat World is the one? All right. Yeah. So is this basically just the podcast where we confront the the like inevitable mortality and that our, uh, our tastes are effectively locked in at a certain point when we're young and then we just kind of calcify? That's every podcast. That is every podcast. <laughs> oh, we my have done God. On yes, you, that's, that is the that is the definition of podcast. You did it. No, well, it's certainly the one the one for for this podcast. Every episode has been us dealing with the fact that uh, our tastes are, you know, got locked down years ago. I think it's but it's interesting because you say that. But if it's something that exists completely, completely out of the genres that I'm used to, Mm -hmm. then it's different. Right. Like I can like I wouldn't I don't want to say that I wouldn't have been a huge Cardi B fan as a teenager, (laughs) but I probably would have pretended that I wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. No, I, I I get that. And now I I'm like, oh no, this was always great. This was always good. And like, you know, I, I guess it's I guess it is right. I was gonna say like I listened to like Salt and Peppa and like a million Foxy Brown yeah. and like like a lot a lot of um, women rappers and women R and B artists that like uh, I, I I don't whatever like I don't I don't know that any of them are quite Cardi B on that level, but like I just didn't want people to know. So anyway, never mind yeah. everything I just said. You know, that's funny because I feel like at the time in 2005, I would have been pressured to act like I liked new slang when I didn't. I, I, I feel like I was almost tempted to. And then I was like, no, actually, I don't like this. And then that became like the adolescent. In fact, I hate it forever and I'm never going to like it. And like, this is the worst thing ever in the entire world. I probably don't. I still don't like uh, the shins, but I probably a little backed off from that now. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, I don't, gold teeth and the curse for this town were all in my mouth, only I don't know how they got out, dear. Don't dear me. Anyway, <laughs> it's it's the, it's the opening lyric to New Slang. Yes, and I'm like, aware. This is the thing, like, if you just, ah, boy, the lyrics. I'm real. I gotta tell you, after I read the lyrics of this song, I made a, dis- I was like, should I read other lyrics? And I thought, no, I want to be able to continue liking the shins. And I feel like part of the way that I like them is to not have a fucking clue what they're singing about. Because this shit is just, give it a rest. I'll be honest. I feel like if I, if there were, if the, if it were more intelligible, this song, I might like it, like it more because right now I just feel like I've never been able to get like a, a foothold into the shins. And part of it is because I can't make out the lyrics and I just don't like the sound of the voice that they do to make it themselves sound that unintelligible. I have the same problem with Bon Iver, who I've also never gotten into for the exact same reason. I just don't like the sounds of their voices. That's where I come in. Like, I also like, you know, Bon Iver because like Skinny Love is another one of those songs that I I'll go to bat and say that the hype is real about that. <laughs> no, it's just like both the shins and Bon Iver, I just I just it, it's just like stewed broccoli to me. Hold the salt. Well, I think, when I think about um, the Shins, I often think about the fact that like some of what they're trying to do on that first record, and I think you can hear it on later stuff too, um, is that 
you know, one of their influences is the Beach Boys, like Pet, Pet Sounds era. And like, if I I'm going to listen to that shit, at all. there's a little bit of it in there, I promise. Um, I, I, people have said that, and I just, especially Pitchfork, and I'm just like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Let me say this. If you're if you want to listen to that, if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for like that, that and like a little bit of like that new, really big layered sound folk, then I would listen to Fleet Foxes. Like, I feel like that's the thing. Like, I listen to the shins and I'm like, I'd rather just can I go back and listen to the Fleet Foxes? We got a couple uh we got a couple of third party votes for the Fleet Foxes also. F- that's a that's a fucking band. That band is great. Like I don't know that the last the last the last two records were a little bit like they went too far in one direction and then they tried to course correct by being like really kind of simple mainstreamy. But the first two albums they put out were just so fucking good. Especially Helplessness Blues is like maybe one of my favorite albums of all time. And I to me like when I listen to the Shins, I can feel them trying to reach for something similar. And no dice. There's, they don't even come close. I mean, is this where I just toss in like Boards of Canada and Broken Bells? Absolutely. Yeah. This is it. Time to just name bands <laughs> to show off what a bunch of fucking snobs we are. The two of you can do that because this is so not my genre. <laughs> this like I've listened to a little bit of the Fleet Foxes and I was like, yeah, I get it in that kind of way where I was like, I kind of d- don't get it. But like understand why someone would like something like this versus the shins where I, I just like I'm pedaling uphill the entire way. Bell and Sebastian kind of headed towards the the more like poppy upbeat stuff the further than they got. And it never bothered me. And like that, again, it's like the same thing. If I want to listen to something from that era that kind of has a similar sonic sound to it, sonic sound, what a stupid thing to say. <laughs> but uh, Bell and Sebastian is, is like the other big one. And if I listen to Bell and Sebastian, then I'm going to listen to Camera Obscura, um, which shows up, used to show up when we do trivia together occasionally in the music round. Um, or like Sunny Day Real Estate or Sun Kill Moon or like, I don't know, Wilco or like a million fucking bands I'd rather listen to. The Shins are fine and Death Cab just kind of missed me. Like if I had just paid enough attention, I'm sure I would have loved them, but I didn't. And so now the time has passed. Too late. Uh, yeah, D- Death Cab, I feel like the Shins will probably never be my band, but like, cause like, I feel like I missed something if, by not getting into Death Cab earlier. Like, cause they could absolutely own my soul if, uh, I'd gotten to them as a as a young person, but because I got to it too late and was like, no, you needed to be a teenager for Death Cab at some point, and you can it, access it again later when you're adult. But if you missed it, you missed it. I think that it's the one thing that you can say, no matter what, in favor of them is that again, from a lyrical place, um, the Shins are really overdoing it. And then if you listen to "I Will Follow You Into the Dark," or really a lot of Death Cab songs. There is a f- profundity in the simplicity of their lyrics. Like they're storytellers, but they're not trying to like blow your mind with some like great fancy word that they looked up. Like here's an SAT word to put it in. Like it's just simple, but it's the right words. It's like really simple poetry. Yeah. Like the I Will Fall You Into the Dark is probably my favorite of theirs. And because. I saw some people complaining. It was like, oh, it's too simple. Like a, a, t- a, a kindergartner could have written this. And I was like, but that's what's great about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point. That's exactly it. Oh, God. I mean, minimalism. Minimalism's difficult. Getting getting yeah. something that simple yet that sharp is, you know, I mean, it. it the beauty of it is that it, it is like the beauty of the simplicity is that, you know, you, you listen to a line like, 
you know, if heaven and hell decide they're both are satisfied and, and, you know, illuminate the nose on their vacancy sign. Like, okay, it's, it's an idea that's like, it takes you a bit to decode it, but once you've decoded it, that it's like, cause you know, cause it's a long clause. It's a long clause. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of parts. Um, but once you decode it, it's just, it's this really simple, vivid image of like, oh, like it's a no vacancy sign, like a motel. That's simple, easy to grasp, evocative. That's easy. Anyone could have thought of that. And it's like, yeah, but could you have like fit it into that package? It's like, that's a, that's a writing challenge. That's a real writing challenge to get, you know, a line that has that many parts is that complicated and is still easy to decode. Yeah. Yeah. I think they do that. That's why I like what Sarah said so much, because it's a, I think that the lyrics are maybe a little more complex because it's like so specifically like very, not just a storytelling song, which a lot of songs on plans are. I mean, plans is is a bit of a concept album, but, um, I feel like the specific of we're in the waiting room. Isn't there a song off of Garden State called The Waiting Room? Or Waiting Line. Waiting Line. Yeah. Anyway, that song isn't as good as what Sarah said. Boom, yeah. I said it. And um, there's a, but yeah, like. There's also a Ben Gibbard song on there on, on yeah. Garden State. So that brings by us the, full circle. By, by the way, I think Ben Gibbard and anybody named Ben should change their name to Obi-Wan. <laughs> Obi-Wan Why folds five. Wouldn't that be great? Isn't that cool? Then and like then yeah, like you can come and say like, oh, 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 I wonder if you like old old Ben old Ben folds, and then Ben folds can be like Obi Wan. That's a name I've not heard. And then he can start singing Brick, you know. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like if you look at the lyrics to a lot of Death Cab, they can be very specific. But yeah, like there's just there's not a lot of SAT words. It's just they're trying to tell something straightforward, which. Um, Dan, I agree with you completely. Is really hard to do. To do, I mean, hard to do well. Like anybody can do it, but like to do it really, really, to do really it really well. I mean, and honestly, like as consistently as Ben Gibbard, you know, like that you can get, you can, you can get a black sun. You can get a styrofoam plates. You can get I will follow you into the dark. You can get you know we looked like giants. Out of, I mean, he's I'll I'll defend Ben Gibbard. I'll defend Ben Gibbard. I think he's a Talented songwriter who, who talented lyricist who uh, lives up to the hype. Yeah, and he helped my father during the Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, did are are you still going to be on new slang side on this? If we had to put it to a vote right now, would you um, would you vote for yeah, new slang? Just just because I again like I just I, all I want is to jingle and jangle, um, and that song does both. And I just like I don't know. In the end, the bottom line is just that. I don't want to listen to I Will Follow You Into the Dark because I've got, I already have my songs that make me feel a profound thing and it just wasn't one then. And the only way that something is going to do that now is like if it sneaks up and grabs me by the ass when I least expect it. And I already know this song exists, so I don't see it happening. Whereas New Slang just has to like make me shake my ass a little bit when I'm hanging out in uh, a, a college dorm. And uh, I will always feel like I'm doing that when I listen to that song. So no, I actually still like, despite everything for me, and it's a, it's a personal thing. Like this is not me saying that one song is better than the other. It's a matter of personal preference that I just still enjoy listening to new slang more and listen to the shins in general more. Obviously, like I was always going to go for Death Cab. And honestly, like I think uh, I Will Follow You Into the Dark is probably their best song. At, it's either that or um, I guess We Laugh Indoors is the other one I was really into ever. That's one of their earlier tracks. Mm-hmm. But, and um, 
the yeah, those those are the the two top for me. But like, I don't. We laugh indoors is kind of like a more deep cut of a pick. I will follow you in the dark is like the one everyone likes, and I you know it seems like really obvious to me why. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Death Cab for me always. I mean, that, there was not going to be any doubt. But do you want to do you want to blow through the questions real quick? Yeah, let's do the questions. Okay, these are these are three, sometimes four questions where we try to uh, kind of sum up uh, all the really big questions about songs in a stupid way. All right. So that we can, you know, formulate a final opinion. Uh, question number one, one and only one of these songs must persist in the memory of, of humankind, and the other one must be lost forever uh, as though it never existed. What is the song that has to stay? What song for the... Im- just the importance of living. What song has to keep living? What and what song could just not exist? Uh, I mean, this is a pretty easy one. I feel like this is the easiest one. question we've I, got. I mean, this was basically my opening statement: was that uh, I listen to new slang and I enjoy it, and then it ends, and I immediately forget that I heard it. Um, yeah, I feel like we're going to go through these questions pretty quickly. Did you have anything to add to that? I feel like this is pretty obvious. You know, it, you know, it's funny because I always, uh, you know. I always thought Death Cab was the Death Cab song was like, well, that's a very good song by a very good band, but new slang is important. That's important <laughs> to the culture. That's a game changer. That you know, it it'll, sure, it'll, it it'll sure isn't. That's what Natalie Port. You know, but the, that's I mean, the impression I, I like, got. Like, it's like a flashpoint. Like maybe not everyone liked it, but it was like it mattered. I mean, that's hard for me to grasp because, like, okay, so you know, like the first time I heard Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, it was like, oh, I get it. Like this, okay. Like this is, you know, this is this is important. Like this, this is this is gonna like shift the way that you think about it. And, you know, the first time, you know, like if you listen to, uh, it's it's kind of a weird example now, but like Moby's uh, Go back in, um, you know, but like back in '99 was in fact, you know, like this this kind of big. Uh, sound breakthrough in the mainstream gorillas uh okay computer i think with the shins like that assigning it kind of that level of sonic importance was was just all it was what uh, some people like wanted it to be but it was never it didn't no no i'll tell you what i i I didn't know this but apparently there was a big deal in 2002 because new slang showed up in a mcdonald's commercial for the yep. uh, the Olympics promotion that year for the 2002 Winter Olympics and that that fact seems like very important to the future huh. of indie rock the All the right. first one was okay. like it's like yeah yeah i think if new slang is more important than death cab it's not for any good reasons like i think we we'll probably improve indie rock by getting rid of it there's a, I don't think anything good or bad happens. If you get rid of the shins, I think yeah. that indie rock would have persisted pretty much exactly the same way it did. Honestly, I don't think I don't I mean, think it. Yeah, it moves. the. I don't think it moves the, the record one way or one way or the other. Good really. news for people who love bad news was going to come out one way or another. Yeah. Like yeah. I just there's a, there's a million things that I would have listened to even if I hadn't heard the shins. Like at that point, I had, you know, I'd already been Napstered. I had already been audio galaxied. I'd already been LimeWired. And so I was already listening to like 10 billion bands that all had a similar vibe at that time. I didn't like the shins weren't a gateway for me because there was no one gateway band anymore at that point in time. I don't think anyway. All right. So that I think is pretty clear. Question number two, 
which is also going to be really quick. You could be a fly on the wall. You can witness the uh, beginning, middle, and end of the creation of either one of these two songs, including a music video, which I didn't even look it up. Do either of these have music videos? They, they do. Uh, New Slang does. There, I don't think there's ever been an official music video for I'll Follow You Into the Dark. Uh, I mean, Garden State is the music video for, <laughs> for New Slang, even if it isn't, it is. There is an official video uh, for I Will Follow You Into the Dark. It's, uh, I believe this is Ben Gibbard. I never actually looked, figured out what he looked like, but he's just playing guitar in a, a hotel, in a crappy little apartment, and then like he falls through like a tiny hole. He steps through a hole in his apartment that breaks under him, and then just the hole just keeps getting bigger until he jumps in. Until it just I... like, consumed the entire... I mean, that's fine. Yeah. That sounds fine. And the, there is also an f- official video for New Slang also, but it's just like crappy outtakes in the home movies. Like, it's not really a music video. The music video is, in fact, Garden Oh, I State. think I may have actually seen that. All right. Um, so, leaving that aside, because for once it's not really relevant. Yeah. Um, which which is the one that you'd want to see the, the creation of? I just simply do not care about New Slang or its creation in any kind of way. So, there you go. Yep. That's my, that's I think my that's answer. Right. Uh, the end. All right. Lately, we've been asking um, what counts as oh, I forgot. I forgot our bonus question. <laughs> Boy, right, this like, is not useful here. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't know. Like, I guess the Shins would win, but the question that we've been asking lately is if Megan the Stallion was, was going to go out for a night on the town and was tr- preparing. To get turnt. Right. Like, which one of these two songs is she going to listen to to guarantee a night of real hot girl shit? Uh, and like, see, in this case, I think the shins, yeah, the kinda, shins probably wins. Yeah, yeah, it's it's got a lot more. I mean, it's yeah, it's got a lot more of a vibe. It's got a lot more like yeah. it's like it's going to put you in a it's just going to it's going to chill you out. I can imagine a good time that starts with new slang. Yeah, not a good time that I would not the kind of party I would go to, but like someone would party. Let me say this. Some some undeserving white guy is going to have a great night. <laughs> That's it. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Just going to have a great time. Um, if Megan the Stallion got up to, I guess. So there you go. The shins. If you won nothing else today, somehow default default, <laughs> you, you, you have wound up being real hot girl shit. Yes. Let the world know. Okay. Now the most important question, not just of this podcast, but the most important question ever asked. William Shatner, uh, thespian, um, public speaker, uh, b- bad tweeter. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Singer, sure, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. We're gonna say we're for 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 this for the for for this podcast. We'll say that's true. He's gonna do a William Shatner version of one and only one of these two songs. Which song is the song that must be shat upon? You know, it's funny because I feel like a Shatner version of I will follow you into the dark could be like unironically good. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking like that, that might be his, uh, his, um, you know, hurt that like regard, like that it just becomes like the thing. It just, it, 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 it consumes the song and redefines an already like a career that already consists of numerous, um, extremely high peaks. And it just like, you know, becomes the defining coda on all of that. I don't know what the lyrics to new slang are. I don't even know what new slang is in the, in new slang. Here's what I'll say. I think that, um, William Shatner would make it seem like it meant something. And that's why I actually would maybe go for it is that 
I think if you sat down and let Shatner like really ham it up, like really go at that, he could make it seem like those lyrics are about something. I mean, a Shatner you version know? of new slang would definitely be entertaining. <laughs> it would be great. It would be like that part of, of uh, Mr. Tambourine Man when William Shatner like makes it sound like a, like a, like it's a stalker tune. Right. Where right, he's yeah. like in the jingle jangle morning, I'll come following you. It's <laughs> my favorite part. That's like one of my favorite things that William Shatner has ever done. Just the way he says, I'll come following you. Um, although in that case, he'd say like, I'll follow you into the dark. <laughs> oh my God. It's, a it's very the DCEU version. <laughs> William Shatner in the Suicide Squad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Wait, I got some uh, some reader comments here. From uh, the lively debate. Okay. There are quite a lot of people who are not fans of either of these songs. So it's fair. Okay. Caleb writes, the first time I heard I Will Follow You Into the Dark, it was being played by a college freshman in a common room trying to pick up girls, which does seem like the correct correct setting, but has kind of killed the song for me. It's like, yeah, that is both right. That is both the right place to hear it and the wrong place to hear it. Yeah, yeah. It is exactly the reason why you end up not liking songs like this. So you're, you should be thankful that it never happened to you. Yes. All right. TJ Hasty writes, I will follow you into the dark is one of the most sappy nasal voice. Please shove me in a locker. White boy indie songs out there. And it's still not as lame as the fucking shins. Man, I, there are, there are a few. I disagree like with the hostility here. <laughs> Yeah, these are people that watched the uh, the ang- the angry era of YouTube reviews. Yeah. All right. Mark Cope writes, "This feels like being asked to choose between two glasses of water." <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It is kind of sparkling or tap, huh? Yeah. Okay. Near Ravel writes, "I apologize if I mispronounced that, but Near Ravel writes." After listening to new slang for the first time in my life in preparation for this next episode, all I could do was pay my one dollar to comment here this one thing. Fuck you, Todd, for introducing me to new slang, a passive aggressive weak song about a guy telling his SO that he's done with his hometown thanks to them. But if it doesn't work out in the real world, he'll blame them for it. It is one of the worst things I have ever heard. I hope you choke on this dollar, Todd, while I listen to your backlog to justify myself commenting on that horrible song. Thank you for your comment. Is that what it's about? And thank you for the, I, I guess. I don't, I, yeah, I've, seen, like, I've like, seen that. I've seen that said. I'm dubious on whether or not. I feel like that's like somebody asked the Shins what the song was about, but they did the thing where it was like a comment and a question. And they were like, I think this song is about this. Am I right? And then, then the collective Shins were like. Sure. Yes. Like, yes. I, I read that one because like even. As I'd like, I've been a dedicated hater of this song for a decade, and it was like, geez, I was like, I. It's one of those songs where like I feel bad for hating it because like you should hate hate it because it doesn't provoke any of these reactions in you. Also, you don't need to pay a dollar to comment. Commenting is free. I mean, but if thank that's, you, thank you for your dollar. Yeah, Actually, really, no, no. From from now on, if you want to comment, it's it's fifty one dollar. Yeah, fifty dollars. Uh, no, it's. Not. I mean, but if that's what the song's about, like if that's kind of the the vein of it, then like. I don't know. You just replace, you just take this song, you replace it with Los Campesinos' uh, Fall of Home, and there you go. Yeah. You win. I don't know. I feel like if I had known it was about that, I'd probably like it more. 
And I don't know now that it's about that because I haven't bothered to check. But I like, mean, that's a yeah, like that's a very intense story if that's what's there. I mean, yeah, I wish, that's what I wish missing. that's the vibe I got. Yeah. Ted Clark writes, I will follow you into the dark. Losing a Grammy to my humps is the only memorable thing about these two that I, I fact checked that one. And that literally happened. My what? My what? My what? <laughs> In 2007, it was nominated for. Let me read this. Best pop performance by a duo or group with vocals. It was. Who else, wait, who else was in the who was who was up for it other than Death Cab and, um, <laughs> and Black Eyed Peas? Th- those were the only two. I'm, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, Over My Head by The Fray. Is it? Oh. Is it any wonder by Keen and Stick Stick with You by the po- by the Pussycat Dolls? Oof. What a what a weird <laughs> assembling of people! Like they don't. Does, does that sound like it should be a cat? Does that, like, do those people all sound like they should be in the same category to you at all? No. Like, I don't even know if any two of them really seem quite. I guess Pussycat Dolls and and and, and Black Eyed Peas. I guess. I, and I, I guess may, the, may, maybe maybe uh, Death Cab and Keen. I guess the Pussycat Dolls one is like a like a ballad. So like. I don't know, like my humps and the Pussycat Dolls. Like I can see like two songs that would connect, but not those two. It's That's, freaking weird, dude. Yeah, what the like, hell? Boy, maybe the Grammys just don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> Tune I mean, in next that was month just like for generic, when we cover like, the Grammys. Yeah, that was just generic, like you know, pop performance. Yeah, pop performance by a group or dupe uh, by a duo or group with vocals. I mean, I guess it all makes sense that it's such a big grab bag because like those criteria are. <laughs> comically broad i mean i think also a big part of this is that i don't know that award shows or anybody in the music industry knew what to do for a really long time in a post napster world yeah yeah like they just had no idea because there were these things that got really big that like the riaa and the music industry at large and radio companies like would never have chosen i mean especially in like 2006 you know where it was just like the number of different uh, sounds that were like coexisting in pop culture was e- extremely broad. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, and it's not as though um, a lot of them had to like build their way to weird, you know, it's like a lot of like Radiohead is like famously like such a perfect example. They put out creep, which is like very, you know, you might as well call it easy listening these days, but like, you know, they had to work to be able to make an album like Kid A, like a really popular thing. Yeah. Right. Like they couldn't have started at Kid A. It's like the same thing with Bjork, right? Like she did Human Behavior, which was weird, but still like kind of fit accessibly with a lot of the other music that was out there at the time. You know, she wasn't like using her body to make sounds for a record yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our, I, well, I mean, her voice is using her well, anyway, <laughs> Shut up, Todd. <laughs> All right. Dip Dop writes new slang sounds like how kombucha tastes. <laughs> I've never had kombucha, so I don't I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. <laughs> you know no, how to pronounce kombucha. Com- I think I'm pronouncing it right. No, because new slang, new slang is just a, uh, it's it's a mellow vibe. And kombucha is um, uh, bitter garbage water. That has been shown a pomegranate and exists so that people who are like, well, I don't like I don't like pop, but I don't like coffee. 
So I need something that isn't water. I love but, that Song vs. Song has become a podcast where we judge whether or not people's beverage analogies <laughs> work. I don't know. Uh, that if, if I've never had kombucha, but if that description is accurate, then that sounds right to me. So, <laughs> and uh, one last uh, comment. Kevin Schechter writes, When I saw a death cab at a small outdoor stadium, as we were entering, I got to tell my friend, you go first, and I will follow you into the park. So that's where my vote's going. Oh, the that's, face you're making right now. I'm so happy with that. I, I, that's approve. Exact, I approve. That's exactly the kind of joke I would make. Oh. This commenter should come over and take my place on this, <laughs> on this podcast. We'll get in contact, Kevin. <laughs> All right. Those are the comments. What, what, what's your guess for the vote? Who do you think actually won and by how much? Death cap by a lot. I mean, I agree. I don't know if it's a, if it's a lot, a lot. I don't know that I'd call it the biggest landslide we've ever had. I'm sure there's got to be people out there that like the shins or that like spite voted for the shins. You could. There's a lot of ways that could go. I think it's probably like a like a like a sixty five thirty five split. But yeah, I think it's yeah. I think it's got to be at least uh, at, at least a plus fifteen plus twenty. All right, for a total of one hundred ninety eight to 386 that is indeed a 34 to 66 percent split that is our winner is the death cab today you you're like right on the dot like nice. probably like within a f- fraction of a point of being you've never been this accurate with your guesses before that's a, that's a pretty amazing well uh, i mean i my understanding is that a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> well we got the one you so you got Woo! you got a second time a day coming Yep, that's it. Someday we gotta we gotta save that, and when it happens, that's when I quit. All right, uh, we gotta do the plugs real quick. Danny, you like us? Someday, you'll be right. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Uh, okay, okay. If you like us, uh, come uh, come uh, support us on Patreon. Donate us a little money. Just a dollar gets you our entire backlog of bonus episodes where we talk about various music related movies. This month, it looks like we're going to be doing a Hard Day's Night. I was really rooting for the Eurovision one, but uh, Hard Day's Night looks to be a solid winner this month. Well, we can we can talk about Paul's grandfather. He's very clean. Oh, that's um, correct. There you go. So uh, that yeah, and please by all means, uh, let me let me say this: It's snowing basically every day in New York right now, and Mama needs a new shovel. So if you can <laughs> put, put put in a buck this month, it'll go towards a shovel for me. Please. Thank you. And uh, if, you, if you can't donate a dollar, then just give us a nice review wherever you uh, review podcasts on Apple or on Google or wherever you can put these things. And uh, anything else? Are we good? Do we get everything? I think that's it. Yeah, I feel, I feel like we got it. What's the next episode? Oh, you know, you brought it up. Uh, you've been rooting for this one for a while. So finally, I'm going to give you your Bjork versus Tori Amos matchup. We're going to be doing Cornflake Girl versus Human Behavior. You didn't even know. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I brought up Bjork in this very episode. You brought up the the exact song in this episode. Man, that's going to be. He's been pushing me for this one for a while. So like I'm still surprised that it's that it's Tori versus Bjork. We're going to have we're going to have to have a lot of words about all the other people that could have also made it into this matchup. I could I couldn't think of anyone else besides Bjork and Tori that I could match them up against, honestly. I mean, I boy, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get into it. This is this episode. Yeah, they gone. are they are kind of uh, pillars Unique. unto themselves. Yeah, yeah. I don't really think of anyone else but them. 
So. I, I guess it's just that anyway, Anne DeFranco and uh, and um, Kate Bush are the are the other ones that immediately jump at me. Right. But- yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, fair. All right. Well, catch you catch you next week with, or two weeks from now when we put out that episode. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye.